Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I am a yoga teacher with many years of experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is to show you how to get confident, speak clearly, feel authentic, grow your impact, earn your worth, and build a community. For years, I've been working with teachers in my signature program, the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program, and I've seen so many teachers transform, and I can help you get there too. On the podcast, you'll hear anatomy lessons, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. In addition to the podcast, don't forget to also follow me on Instagram and TikTok for daily videos on teaching topics. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Let's get into today's episode. Hi there. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 233. So I'm so glad you could be here. I'm so glad that we could be together for yet another episode. And fun fact, I'm recording this on 3-23-23, and it's episode 233, which I think is really cool. I'm not a big numerology person. I mean, I am, but I don't know the basis of a lot of numerology. But um, I just thought it was so cool when I wrote out the date. I'm recording this on 323, but this is going to go live on 327. So you're listening to this on March 27th, 2023, or sometime thereafter. So I am back from a trip. If you were following my Instagram stories over the past few days, you know I was in New York City. Well, I was actually in Long Island, but um, New York City area. And I was there for a mastermind meeting, two days of meetings with the two coaches that I work with, Dan and Nicole Culver. They are amazing people and they have a program that serves entrepreneurs in all different areas. I'm actually the only yoga teacher in the group. There's lawyers, accountants, uh, nutritionists, Ayurvedic specialists, um, finance people, uh, there's just so many different uh, triathletes, triathlete coaches, so many different areas. And certainly, even though I just mentioned a bunch of people in wellness, uh, there are people obviously in a lot of different areas too. And one of the things we talked about is how to differentiate your brand. And we talked about it from a business side, but it's also something that for you, the yoga teacher is also really important. And the reason this is important, I believe, or I believe, from the perspective of you as a yoga teacher, me as a yoga teacher, me as a yoga teacher educator, me as a small business owner, you, again, even yourself, if you're teaching yoga classes, you are a small business owner, even though you don't have a brick and mortar business, it's still your side business, your side gig, whatever you want to call it separate from whatever you do during the day or, or whatever that is. Um, but the point is, it's really important for us to think about how are we different? How are we different from everybody else who calls themselves a yoga teacher? And when you think about, I don't even know what the number is, but when you think about how many yoga teachers are out there, um, 
there are a lot. So differentiating, differentiating yourself is really important. So we're going to be talking about that today. A little bit more about the meaning. If you've, I, I know you've experienced teacher training. And so I know you've experienced, especially if you went away for your teacher training, or maybe went away to some other kind of yoga-based training where you had to get in a plane and go. And there's always something special about getting in a plane and going to a training versus doing something while you're also running your regular life, which I know is really convenient. And uh, I think it's great that a lot of 200 hour teacher trainings are done in that way. I think though, there's something really special that you get out of a training or an event or a self-improvement seminar, whatever it is, when you leave your physical home, leave your day-to-day -day routine, and you go somewhere to transform in whatever way that is. And so for me, it was, it was a little interesting because if you've been following the show for a while, you know that I got a dog two years ago. I rescued Coco from uh, New England Forever Home Rescue. He was adopted. I adopted him from Arkansas. And he drove up in a truck and he came with a lot of interesting behavioral challenges, which I've worked through very diligently over the past two years. And it was the first time I went away and my boyfriend, Ben, stayed at home with the dog. And he's not 100% a dog person. So I did a lot of prep uh, in terms of hiring some dog walkers that were going to supplement what he was doing. And I really, over the past two years, have been doing a lot to train Coco so that when I did go away, as long as Ben stuck with his routine, life would be easy. And that's actually what happened. You know, I was so glad when I was getting updates from him that everything was going smoothly. And I know if you're listening and you have kids, this is doesn't even hold a candle to that. I don't have children. I've never had kids of my own. Um, so I can't relate to that. But I know a lot of the women that came a lot of the women and men who came to the event are parents, and it was doubly hard for them to leave their children, to leave their families, to come to the event. Some of them were moms who had just recently had uh, babies, so they were uh, pumping in the bathroom and, you know, just dealing with whoever was caring for their babies, you know, helping those folks as they were at our, at our meetings. So... The actual getting in a plane by myself, I hadn't been in a plane by myself since 2019. And the last time I went somewhere by myself was for a business meeting I had with a different but related mentor, business mentor, James Wedmore. And um, so I was thinking when I was going to the airport, how nervous I was. And at the same time, I was thinking it's really important that you do this because number one, you know, I love Coco and I love my boyfriend, but I need to leave them sometimes and do my own thing. And number two, it's imp important that I just kind of get, get through that phase, that feeling of being nervous about getting on a plane by myself. And number three, I really wanted the experience and I was really eager to gain from the experience. So it was just so inspiring to meet these other entrepreneurs, to hear what they're doing to spend time in the presence of like-minded people who are all serving their students, their communities, their um, people in their programs in really unique ways. And in ways that, you know, 
doesn't depend on where you live or when you're available. I mean, a lot of these programs are done in a way that anybody can access them anytime, 24 seven from any place in the world. And they, as leaders in their industry, are able to serve their clients anywhere, anytime from any place in the world. So there's a certain sense of freedom that comes with that. And I remember I had some conversations over lunch and dinner with some people that were there and they were asking me if I taught live classes since COVID. And I said, no, I actually hadn't. And on 315, it was exactly three years since I taught my last live yoga class. And I wouldn't give up the lifestyle that I've created since then for anything. You know, and while I loved teaching my in-person classes, I would have never given that up, but for the pandemic closure, and I would have really denied myself the opportunity to expand my program in a way that I never thought was possible. And so I'm really grateful for how things landed. And while I do miss teaching people in person, I do it occasionally. And um, that's the way I feed that part of me. Uh, I'm just so full in on helping teachers be the best they can be as fast as possible with great results and not buying into all those ideas that they need to wait. And you may have some of these ideas, wait to get more experience before I can be more confident or I can have the skills around queuing and sequencing. You don't need to wait. You just need somebody to show you the way to do it. So all in all, the event was fantastic. And um, I arrived home and everything was great. And it just was such a great experience for me to, you know, just do that by myself and, um, and take on a lot of what I took on in that. Well, it was more than 48 hours. The meeting was Monday and Tuesday, but I got there Sunday and I left on Wednesday. So I had a lot of little sidebar conversations with people and breakfast lunches, lunches and dinners where I got to meet some new people. So I'm really just filled to the brim with inspiration, uh, having come home from that yesterday. So what I wanted to talk to you about today is an offshoot of what happened at the meeting. And one of the questions we were asked, and this relates to how I started this episode, is how are you standing out in your industry? How are you showing people that you um, either work with inside your program, but even more importantly, people who don't work with you inside your program, but even more importantly, just anybody that listens to your podcast or reads anything that you write on social media, how are you showing them how you're different? And I realize I've sort of been holding back on you a little bit. And I, I think partly the reason why I have is because I know how I'm different, but I'm afraid if I really lean into that more than I currently do. And I, I do believe that I do lean into it pretty hard, but there's another, another level <laughs> of that that I can do. But I've sort of been holding back because, you know, I'm afraid it's going to ruffle some feathers and I don't love confrontation. And every once in a while I get a hater on social media will get into a back and forth with me. And, I, you know, I always have respect for people and the opinions they have in that anybody is entitled to their opinion. And I don't ever hold myself out to be right. I have never said anything on this podcast and framed it from the point of view of I'm right and these other people are wrong or this is the way I think you should do it. And if you don't do it this way, you're wrong. I've never, ever held out anything I've said from that perspective. And that's because, you know, you can, I can, all of us as yoga teachers can do whatever the hell we want. There are no yoga police. 
and no one is going to come into your class and tell you you shouldn't be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that. But I can certainly say that everything I do and everything I say and everything that I train my teachers and my program about comes with a lot of intentionality behind it. And I always have a reason for what I do. And so if anyone were to ever question, why are you suggesting teachers not practice with their class and instead do the walk and talk approach? Why are you suggesting that teachers you know, use your intentional sequencing method rather than change their sequences all the time. I always have a reason for why my approach is what it is. But I feel like to some degree, and this is part of what came out in this um, mastermind retreat, I feel like on some level, I've been sort of holding back on how strongly I feel about the approaches that I have and the overall framework that I teach and I think partly it's because I'm afraid that some people might look at it and say, who do you think you are? Or um, what do you mean you're bashing this or bashing that? And that's absolutely not my intention. I think we all need to stand in what we believe in and espouse that, share that um, from our heart, from our soul, in our own authentic voice. And if it offends people, that's not up to us, right? That's really more about the person. And so with that, I wanted to share with you what I have come up with, not so much what I've come up with, because I already had this. It's just that when I went away to this mastermind retreat, I really sat with myself and thought, what am I offering yoga teachers that's different? And, and how does that relate to how I'm different as a teacher trainer. And I'm calling it what I know teachers experience when they're in my program. And the reason I'm calling it that, and I'll tell you the name in a minute, and it's not really about the name, it's more about the what, and I'm gonna share both with you, but I want you to hear the name because I think the name has everything in it that I, that I want, that it really illustrates how I know my working with me is different from working with other yoga teachers. Um, and it has to do with this feeling I have when I get off these coaching calls with teachers, when they're in my program and they do this, um, they do a coaching call almost every single time, if not every time their eyes just light up and my eyes light up. And there's that kind of mutual light bulb moment where they're realizing something for the first time about anatomy, about sharing anatomy in their cues, about how they can give up practicing with their class, about how they can let something go out of their spiritual backpack and release all this weight that they've been carrying on their shoulders about imposter syndrome or some kind of self-limiting belief. Whatever it is, that one-on-one -on -one experience that I have with teachers multiple times every single week, that light bulb moment for me, I always come out of the room and I just shake my head and smile. And I say to myself, that was magic. And I kept thinking to myself over the past couple of days at this retreat, like, what is so magical about that? And I realized what's magical about that is not just the realization the teacher has about whatever we're talking about. It's that they're feeling like they're gaining momentum. They're feeling like they're gaining momentum. And I want you to think about as a yoga teacher, or just as a person, what does momentum mean to you? Momentum could be, I'm starting to um, eat in a more healthy way. And I've done it now for a couple of days and I'm feeling the momentum because I'm feeling better in my body. And so it's easy for me to stick with this new habit. Momentum could be around 
sleeping better. I'm going to bed every night now at 10 o'clock. I used to go to bed whenever I wanted. And now I wake up in the morning feeling more refreshed. So it's easier for me to keep up with this new habit because I have momentum. I can see the results. I can feel that things are moving in the right direction. And so that feeling of momentum can just feel magical because you feel like you sprinkled fairy dust on yourself, but you really didn't. You really did the work. You defined what needed to be done and you did the work and you said to yourself, I'm not going to wait any longer. The time to change is now. And when you start to get that momentum and build that momentum, it does feel magical. And on some level, I, I'm fine with that. I think feeling magical about things is great. And feeling the magic in a feeling is great. I love everything Disney for the most part. <laughs> I love um, glitter. I love sparkles. I love pink. I love fairies. I love, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Sorcerers and and all of it. And so I love the idea of just acknowledging that when we gain momentum, we have kind of the results, which is kind of the data-driven side of things. And then we also have the magical feeling. And so, so much of that shows up in the way I work with teachers. And that's one of the big ways that working with me is different. And I don't mean that just inside my paid program. I mean, in anything, in the reels I do. I mean, my goodness, I, I really strive in one minute to give you a really useful tip that you can use right away because I want you to have a quick win as a teacher. And when you have a series of quick wins, hopefully by watching maybe five of my videos, you start to gain momentum in your teaching. So you might start to feel that magical feeling of momentum. And when I took a look at the things that I do when I work with teachers one-on-one, -on -one, and all the different things that we do together, all geared towards helping them move faster along this path from confused and unclear to confident and crystal clear, that's momentum. And it doesn't mean we're going on this path fast and we're doing it in a sloppy way. It means we're doing it in a really intentional way. And so there's momentum, there's feeling the magic of that momentum, and it's also got legs, like it's got foundation, like it's got some real teeth to it. And so I sat back and I said to myself, oh my God, my method of working with teachers is that. It is that. The momentum magic method. The momentum magic method. So it's a way to distinguish myself from all the other yoga teachers out there who are teaching other teachers, whether it's an anatomy-based program or a program like mine that's both skills-based and has a foundation of anatomy behind it. Whatever it is, I know for me and for the teachers inside my program, they're experiencing momentum because they're getting fast results. And they're also experiencing that feeling that feels magical. And that's what I see when I'm on the phone with them. And so that's why I call it the momentum magic method. And so when I named that as part of being at this retreat, I started to post yesterday because I was so excited to share with you what this really is about. And so I did some posts in my stories, which you may have seen. I changed my Instagram profile to call out that my method of working with you as a yoga teacher is by sharing with you my momentum magic method. So you can experience it too. And I wanted to talk today about 
what are areas where you might want to feel some momentum as a teacher? And there's a whole bunch of different areas. So I just want to quickly go through them. So one area where you might want to experience momentum, and I'm going to start with maybe one that sounds a little controversial and isn't talked about a lot. I'm going to start there anyway, is more money. Maybe you want to have more momentum around earning more money. And a great way to do that is to figure out what your rates are. And if you haven't done that, to make a rate list. And if you don't know how to do that, contact me and I'll help you do it. Because one of the best ways to get some momentum around making more money is to be crystal clear about what you're worth, how much you charge for what you do. And then you can make good decisions around, do you want to accept less than that if a studio owner offers you less than your rate? Or you'll be ready at the drop of a hat to respond to an email or have that conversation with somebody at Starbucks if they ask you for a private session, you won't be back on your heels wondering, what is my rate for that? So one great way to build momentum around earning more money is to be really clear about what you charge. The next thing is more classes. What if you want to build momentum around having more classes on your schedule? So a great way to do that is to assess in your area, other studios that are nearby, other areas that are nearby that you could rent other businesses that are nearby that might be interested in yoga classes, and to also contact every yoga studio in your area and ask if you can get on the sub list. Now, that's just a really short list. If you want to delve in deeper, just contact me and I'll help brainstorm more ideas with you. Another area where you might want to build momentum is to have more students, to have more students in your classes. The best way for you to have more students is to be a better teacher. <laughs> and I know better is a very subjective term. And honestly, it really is a matter of having you do the best you can do at teaching and knowing bar none, you're doing everything possible to be that best teacher. So that means that if you feel nervous when you teach, that you've got to go fix that problem. That means if you're practicing with your class that I think that's a problem and you need to stop doing that. And that's another way to get more students to come to your class, to teach in a way that allows your students to be seen, to not have them be in a class where you're not looking at them, to teach in a way where you not only show up for every single class and very rarely if ever call out sick and get a sub, but that you also are there before and stay after to answer their questions. These are all subtle ways that you can grow your classes because the students will just know that you're dependable, that you're knowledgeable, that you're not afraid to show yourself and that you look for little opportunities to interact with them. And that's a great way to build your classes. Beyond that, building your classes and having more students is really a matter of controlling all the things you can control. And so what that really boils down to is if you lay your head on the pillow at night and you worry about your classes, you worry that people are getting hurt in your classes or are going to get hurt, you spend a lot of time building your sequences, you go into class and you feel nervous around how to share your cues. All of these things are things that you can improve. And the longer you wait to fix them, the longer you're losing an opportunity to build your classes because all that stuff comes back to bite you in the tangible 3D things that we see around low class numbers. Now, is it 100% for sure if you kind of clean your house and make it as perfect as possible, everybody's gonna show up to the party? No. Like I said, there's only some things you can control. 
However, if you know, listening to me right now, that there are areas as a teacher that you can improve and you've simply been holding off because you don't want to invest the money or you don't want to invest the time, that's on you. And the results will bear themselves out. And one of the ways that it probably will show up is that you won't have regular students in your classes. So that's something to think about. And it's just a matter of being honest with yourself. Another area where you might want to build momentum is to do more teaching how and where you want it. I talk to teachers all the time that are teaching in studios, but they really don't want to be. And so if you know that your real desire is to teach kids or to teach in assisted living centers or to teach privates, whatever it is, the longer you wait to set that up, the longer you won't be building momentum in that area because you'll always sort of feel like you're a mismatch for where you're teaching. So wouldn't it be amazing to start to take the energy and the time that you have and to fill it up with classes that you really truly love and feel connected to and want to teach. And so again, that's an area where you can really start to see momentum when you're locked into teaching where and how you want. Another area where you might want to build some momentum, some momentum is around confidence, looking for more confidence, wanting to feel more confident. That's one of those things where it's a little bit of a tricky conversation because if I say confidence to you and I say confidence to another teacher, they, you and that other teacher might define it completely differently. So you have to think about what does having more confidence look like to you and then go out there and find a way to fix the confidence problem you have with the right tool, right? So it's kind of like, don't use a hammer on a screw, right? You're gonna wanna use the right tool by really asking yourself, why don't I have confidence? Like what's missing here? Another area where you might want to build some momentum is around being bold, really showing yourself, really showing up for your students, letting them see you, approaching them and asking questions, being bold in how you cue, the clarity with which you cue, anything around showing yourself to your students, not hiding behind different things that yoga teachers seem to always say, not feeling like you need to always fill the space with words, letting silence. Sometimes being bold means being quiet and just letting the silence be okay. Another area where you want, might wanna build momentum is around connection, having more connection, building more connection. A great way to do that, again, is to see your students, to walk around the room, to ask them questions, to show up before class starts and hang out in the lobby and see how they're doing. These are all great ways to build connection, to use cues that they really understand, to, to reframe your cues because you see that someone's having a tough time and to reframe it and then you see that they get it, right? Their body just moves into this different position and it's almost like you could hear in their mind, they're saying, yes, now I'm doing the pose. So those are great ways to build connection. Maybe you want to build some momentum around differentiation. How am I different as a yoga teacher from all the other teachers out there? So a great way to do this is to take a post-it note, write down three ways that you are different as a yoga teacher from everybody else and post it on your bathroom mirror and remind yourself every day of the amazing ways that you are different. And then take those ways and emphasize them in your classes. And then the last thing is, as a yoga teacher, maybe you want to build more 
maybe you want to build momentum in the area of innovation. Maybe you want to teach classes and use some myofascial release tools. Maybe you want to teach classes where there's a combination of sitting and standing or lying or restorative poses. Being an innovator means you're not doing it like everybody else. And maybe you're out there right now feeling drawn to do something different, but you're afraid to do something different for fear that people won't like it or for fear that no one will come to your class. But if that's your situation, you're never going to get that momentum until you try it and see what happens. So I hope that this short conversation was helpful to you to help you see how important momentum is to, um, to yoga teaching and how important it is really as we develop as teachers and to our growth as a teacher. Without momentum, what do we have? We have staying stagnant, staying the same, nothing is changing. With momentum, we have positive change. We have results. We have moving forward. We have transforming. So all of those things are not only ways of being we want for our students, they're ways of being we want for us as teachers. So I'll say, you know, as you listen to all of this, if you're a yoga teacher and you've been teaching for six months or more, and you're feeling like you're struggling in the areas of cueing and sequencing, and you're looking for ways to build more confidence. So it's that combination of both skills and feeling. Get in touch with me. I've worked with dozens of teachers inside my program, and I can talk to you, see if you're fit for the program and tell you more about it. I hope this has been a really just supportive conversation for you. I would love to hear anything uh, that came to you as you were listening to it. So feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. And I can't wait to chat with you again in the next episode of Conversations for Yoga Teachers. Namaste. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to this latest episode. And thank you so much for being part of my community and for spending some time with me here on the show. I wanted to wrap up this episode with just a quick note. I have a brand new recorded workshop page and I'm really excited to offer you an opportunity to watch recorded workshops whenever you want. I have the first installment of a workshop on the page on the website, and it is a short workshop all about how to give effective cues. And so all you need to do to watch this free workshop is go to my website, barebonesyoga.com, and you'll see the listing in the dropdown for recorded workshops. When you click that page, you'll see on that page the link to sign up to watch that recorded workshop. I'll be adding more workshops in the future to this page. And it's a way that you can access educational and growth information for teachers without having to make a workshop at a particular time. I love to get together with teachers live, both in person and of course online, which is where I'm doing most of my interaction with teachers right now. However, I appreciate that sometimes people can't make a workshop or the time doesn't work for them or they're in a different time zone. So I want you to know that this page can be a resource for you so that as you're out there and you have questions about different things, 
or you have maybe a half an hour or 45 minutes that you want to devote to your continuing education as a teacher, you can just go to my website, pull up this recorded workshops page, and there will be resources there for you to take a look at. And all of the workshops that I share are all designed at number one, giving you information, and number two, giving you the skills that come from getting that information. It doesn't do you any good if I'm just giving you information on anatomy. If I don't show you how you can use it in your teaching to grow as a teacher, to grow your impact, then it's really not very useful. So all my workshops will have that dual focus sharing a little bit and then showing you how to apply it. So I hope you'll check that out. If you have any questions or feedback, definitely let me know. Just send me an email, karen at barebonesyoga.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show and I look forward to hearing from you. Namaste.